0: Yes, hello. I am James Rowlands, and today it's a dub 417. It's AW Prelude, and I am not alone. I have a pleasure to be joined by the person who is by my side for every WWE and or AEW show. We know today it's Happy Jaxie. How you doing? Hello, happy
1: Jaxie it is today. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> it is.
0: I don't want to call you two-faced, but you understand sometimes <laughs> the side of the coin, you know. <laughs> yes,
1: yes, today is my good side. You get my good side today. To <laughs> and,
0: uh, and up next, or finally, as it were, a woman who would arm wrestle Powerhouse Hobbs to be Ricky Starks' second. It's Gina. How's it going? Hello. Hello. I would totally win that
1: arm wrestling as well. It's all about the eyes. It's all about the eyes and the
0: mentality. I don't think people realise your upper body strength. You know, I don't say that as a joke. It's a statement of fact, you know.
1: (laughs) Sure, for sure.
0: (laughs) But we haven't looked at AEW for a very long time. Not since Revolution. And doesn't that seem a long time ago, boys and girls? Uh, And what we say today, we have six episodes of Dynamite, Rampage to Review and The Battle of Belts. But up first, a little bit of... Uh, and this broke, of course, in the past month. And Tony Khan talking about an army of bots. Now, basically saying that anybody that speaks negative about AEW is basically a computer bug, uh, which is written in. I could go into the details, but I think I would get more confused. Jaxie, has Tony Khan lost it?
1: Um, I mean, I think it's a bit is a bit of a, a, a accusation right there um you know everyone's going to always have a op- have opinions on multiple different companies whether or not it's wrestling related or not um I think that Tony's reading into this a bit too much I think he's creating a few stories that um might not necessarily be true but then again I don't really know that much about bots and and you know online bot uh trolling apart from you know they have numbers they have lots of numbers normally just in their name um know i hope it's not true like his his
0: accusations but
1: yeah it's just it's a bit of a weird accusation
0: <laughs> it, it, this is the problem it's it's the guy saying it you know when no one says anything but they just look at each other and they go what what did he just say you know it's that kind of thing he's going yeah. he doesn't i'm hoping he doesn't truly believe it otherwise <laughs> therein lies the issue <laughs> you know? yeah Basically. I mean, like I said, we'll keep we'll keep abreast of the situation as we continue, but I thought we'd mention it. Another bit of news as well, and this is what Tony Khan was really happy about, was AEW Dynamite and Rampage coming to NJPW World at no extra cost. So if you're in Japan now, you can watch Dynamite and Rampage, uh, which I think is great, especially if Japanese fans are trying to want to get into AEW. And also, I think you agree, Gina, it's expanding the global appeal of AEW, which is saying WWE has got, obviously, decades ahead of them.
1: Oh, for sure. It also helps that, they, that some of the AEW stars have been on the, the New Japan scene and circuit, because that will also entice more of of the other countries and the other cultures to try and take in and be like oh wait i i know that person He was in this new japan match let me check it out so it's definitely much more appealing and they've got a lot more connections there to you know draw that audience in um i definitely think that they're going to jump at that because who wouldn't
0: (laughs) i would yeah without a doubt and if the rumors are kind of true of what's coming up as well maybe a joint show between new japan and AEW. That's a great kind of like I said exposure for that Japanese be fans. Be the
1: most ideal. That would be the most ideal thing to get. <laughs> I totally would love for a crossover show between them both. But I wonder whether he's gonna do a crossover with um ROH as well and New Japan.
0: Yeah, it'd be interesting to see. There's a lot of options <laughs> and there's a lot of wrestling. So let's get straight into it then. The revolution fallout, March ninth. And the show started with uh, Jericho, quickly followed by Eddie Kingston. uh, Eddie asked Jericho what haunts him. He threatened him from shaking his hand at Revolution. Jericho admitted he was wrong and shook Kingston's hand in time for 2.0 and Daniel Garcia to attack. Santana Ortiz rushed to the ring, made the save. Only for Jericho to attack his inner circle teammates with a baseball bat, Jake Hager arrived questioning Jericho's actions before his true colours and joining in on the assault. Introducing the Jericho Appreciation Society, uh, uh, Jaxie, What did you think of this segment at the end of the Inner Circle?
1: Um, I, I feel like we kind of all saw it coming, especially with the build up um, towards sort of Eddie Santana and Ortiz. Like they made made a lot of mentions beforehand about this. I think the one thing that I really do love about this, um, you know, growing feud. Is that I really love the sort of standoff between Eddie and Chris Jericho. So everything that they come out with, especially on the mic, is just—it's it, part entertaining and and part, you know, fictional reality, should I say? Because I believe that Eddie Kingston believes all of this stuff is genuinely like real. Um, you- I still don't think that he realizes that wrestling's not as real. <laughs> He's just <laughs> very, he's very dedicated,
0: you know? <laughs> so this is a weird thing, I was going to say, because obviously, I, I mean, I watch Strong as well, which New Japan's kind of weekly show. And and usually with mm-hmm. these, like, you'll get Eddie Kingston on there, and he won't associate with any storyline, or any, could be a heel, could be facing different shows. But he was in a tag match with uh, Garcia, and wouldn't leave him alone. And you start, I'm thinking, mm-hmm. maybe he does really hate him. And again, it's it's like you said, it's Eddie managing to sell it. And, you know, Jericho just going from a group to a group as well. But Eddie there, uh, and like you said, it it looked Mm. quite good to start off. And then we had the AEW World title match as well, which was Dante Martin versus Adam Page. That was next, with Page overcoming. A valiant effort for Martin, shaking a series of reversals and counters, uh, and then a buckshot lariat for the win and a Cecil to title defence. It was a great match with respect after Adam Cole interrupted, page victory at revolution a fluke and issued a challenge for a six-man tag match teaser partners that page knows better than he knows himself um, but about this match, well title match I was a bit surprised it was right there but Gina how good can Dante Martin be because he's been fantastic this past year
1: oh for sure he definitely so he was definitely affected when his brother got injured because they were such a, a good selling point when they entered for being you know brothers how in sync they were they were really on it in terms of being able to shoot right to the top of the tag team circuit but with that injury it was either dante's just going to kind of fall into the shadows and be slightly forgotten about or just be mid-cardy stuff but he's shone he took that he took that limelight and he's shone and he made his character an individual as well, you know. So even though it's so exciting to see that his brother is back now and the hype is still there, everyone is just so excited even when it's just a singles match with Dante in. So he's definitely worked and used this time and this limelight so well to elevate himself, but not only that, it's kept top flight relevant so when his brother did come back, that pop was still there. He wasn't forgotten, you know. So, yeah, he's done well and I commend him for that. I really like him as well.
0: Well, it's almost like a a blueprint of what to do if, like I said, unfortunately your partner does get injured in a in a tag team to kind of, like I said, stay in the forefront. And now we're looking for success for top flight as well. And another tag team looking for success: John Moxley and Brian Danielson, because they faced uh, Anthony Henry and J.D. Drake, and they dominated an extended squash, unleashing hell on both. Uh, Moxley dropped Henry with a Paragraph shift. On the floor, the American Dragon stomped away the face of Drake and tapped him out to the bell lock. Italian Schiavone joined the victors and Regal in the ring for a promo. And Regal admitted that he knows he is not long for this world. He tearfully thanked Schiavone for helping him when he first arrived in the United States. He credited Danielson for joining AEW and put him over as the perfect wrestler. He put over his history with both competitors and said, now that team is united, the rest of the AEW roster better step up or get stepped on. I mean, the strangest pairing in tag wrestling and, of course, Mox O'Brien there, but that was money. Regal's tears, and I know a lot of people complained it was too long, but he was speaking without a script probably for the first time in, like, 22 years. Um, Jaxy, what did you think of Regal? Because this is real emotion.
1: I mean, I don't know if I'm just going to be a little bit uh, biased here, you know, being a fellow Brit myself, but I, too, like, did not, you know, even think about the length of of time that he took in the ring talking. Uh, for me, uh, I I got emotional alongside him, listening to kind of what he's uh, overcome, who's helped him along the way. It's just showing. It, uh, it's a matter of showing appreciation for where you are today. And I'm glad that we actually got that little bit from William Regal. You know, mm-hmm. he played a lot of behind the scenes stuff um, in NXT, which was always great anyway. Um, but you know. He 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 wasn't always given that chance to shine, and even though he's not a wrestler anymore, just seeing him in the managerial position position, and especially managing like a tag team that I didn't even know I needed in my life, um, it, it just it's it's the perfect pairing or triple pairing. So to speak.
0: Yeah, I, I will compare it. This pairing, I will compare it to uh, the new Spider. I say the new Spider-Man movie been out a few months now. I didn't know I needed it in my life until I watched it. It's exactly the same as yeah. seeing Mox Regal and That's Brian. a very
1: good analogy. <laughs> yes,
0: like, I not I didn't know I wanted it, but God I don't want to let go now. Uh we see yeah. Pack squashing with a Utah so I guess Pax Hill again. FTR dumped Tully. I was surprised but I will leave judgment considering what happened since. And then Matt Hardy and Andrade met for a uh, HFO emergency board meeting uh, with Hardy's film victim uh, to a beatdown by his teammates after being voted out. Darby Allin Sting made their way, but of course the numbers disadvantaged. And then all of a sudden, Jeff Hardy to the iconic Hardy Boys theme music made his AW debut by rushing to the ring. Making a save for his brother. Uh, the baby faces stood tall to close out the segment. A sense of disbelief and distrust among them. I mean, fair play, Tony, for buying the rights to this song. And Sting was not happy to see Jeff. <laughs> that, that did he <laughs> make me laugh. Was,
1: um, I think he was just more hesitant. He was just like, oh, I remember you.
0: Well, this is the thing, but I mean, Jeff Hardy in AEW. It is it's great. And especially coming out to the Hardee's theme song as well. It was a sight to see, wouldn't you agree?
1: Yeah, um I, I, I definitely feel like this this kind of um hits home a little bit for my sister and I considering uh, a lot of the wrestling growing up uh, for both of us consisted of not only tag team wrestling but it was majority edge and Christian. Dudley Boys, Matt and Jeff Hardy and we just aspired to be them so it's so nice to actually get a reunion obviously we know that they see each other every, on their everyday lives as siblings but see a Hardy Boys reunion it was, it was just really feel good really fun to see and yeah I am really really happy, thank you so much Tony Khan for paying for the rights to that song because it would have not felt the same if it was a different song, it really wouldn't have um, I don't think that Jeff or the Hardy Blues need to ever change their theme music, it's very iconic to them. And it's just like thinking that um, CM Punk is going to stop using cultural personality. It's just unthought of, you know?
0: Yeah. No, really, really good stuff. And then Wardlow joined Tony Schiavone for an in-ring promo, dressed in the face of a Revolution Ladder match for his portrayal by MJF. The Wardog admitted he grew up poor. And that taking the job of a lamb to get a foot in the door and some money to support his family. In need for financial stability did not give MGF an excuse to embarrass, humiliate, mistreat, and berate Wardlow. He broke off business relationship and now he's free. His only focus is the TNT Championship. AEW is Wardlow's world. Um, Gina, what did you think of Wardlow's first babyface promo? Because I actually think he did well.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I didn't know how it was going to go when I kind of first saw that we're possibly getting a baby face Wardlow coming because of this feud that's happening. I was like, how are we going to do this? Because as far as I know, I can only see Wardlow being a scowl face there and Jake Hager out, you know, so I, I didn't know how how well it would come across. Um, but he did well in that first promo. I believe yeah, I'm on his side. I want Wardlow to get his, his revenge, you know? And I think there's a, had a lot of people who are also on Wardlow's side wanting to see him get that revenge finally and finally smack that smirk off that idiot's face. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm behind Wardlow. I'm excited to see what more we're going to get from him. Because if he can pull this off and be, become a baby face, then he definitely shown that he can do a variety of both which is a great thing for a wrestler to have. There are some wrestlers that just need to either stay heel or stay face like MJF, you should forever stay heel. At least we yeah. know Wardlow possibly is able to pull off both sides possibly. So we'll yeah, see. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. I mean that's an excellent point because the thing is with Wardlow even if people just want to see him beat MJF up and he might get a, you know negative reactions Later on in the year, they've got no, it's not like Cody or anybody like John Cena. They can just switch him back hill, and we know, like you said, he's comfortable. <laughs> but they can make money off Wardlow's Wells shirts, which should be available Wardlow's Wells t shirts. And if they want to call what they call his fans, Wardlow's Warriors. There you go, nice and easy. See what I mean? Making money for AEW. Um, eight, money uh, with
1: alliteration. <laughs>
0: <Yes>. <laughs> I'm gonna get a t shirt of that like, made you see? Hey.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's actually really clever. I think we should like, anybody <laughs> <that'd> appreciate <laughs> that appreciate <laughs> that needs to. Hey, so, um,
1: so anyone listening who if you if you want a WNR t shirt, let us know in the comments. Let James know.
0: Yeah. And and again, I will try and get Triple uh, XL stock in because that was our last misstep. That was the last time we did have some. We didn't have the right sizes, but I'm sure that will be sorted out. And speaking of triple XL, triple uh, XL match next AEW Tag Team Championship: drastic Express versus the Acclaimed. Where we get a well-timed save by Luchasaurus preserving his team's reign, even after having the Hills Boombox kicked back in his face. Luchasaurus and Jungle boy still managed to score the victory and retain the titles to the delight of the fans. Now, I don't know about you guys, but Jaxi, with the acclaimed, I, I'm 100% a fan. I'm even going like, the, yo, yo, listen! Like, even when yeah. they come <laughs> out.
1: I do exactly the same. I can't help myself. As soon as I hear Matt Caster, I'm like, listen! You know, it's, just, it's it's quite catchy. I'm pretty sure that we've actually heard, is either Tony or um, is it Taz that have actually you know, said it alongside him as well. So I think it's, oh, it's a big show. I swear it's big show. Every time. Oh, <laughs> yeah, Paul White. Every time they come out, he always goes along with the, yo, listen.
0: <laughs> that was a really yeah. fun match. The number one contendership match, Layla Hirsch versus Thunder. Rosa Hirsch attempt to use an exposed turnbuckle. Red Velvet ride, preventative of doing so. The Fire Thunder driver for the win. And then Tony Schreiber revealed Rosie will challenge Baker in the hometown San Antonio in a steel cage match. Um, I'll put crowd were a bit flat like they had been all night. Let's see if they picked up for the main event. TNT Championship match, Sammy Guevara versus Scorpio Sky. Lambert Friday distraction. Van laid that content ringside who just came out after Sammy had six-verted himself through a table. Sky put Guevara away with the TKO and your new TNT champion Scorpio Sky what a rain this will be I've just got a feeling as the show went off the Airband Science signed their contract Gina what do you think of this match and Scorpio Sky winning the TNT title
1: I was super super happy for him I definitely think it's about time like Scorpio Sky kind of got his time to shine he's he's been so great even when he was part of scu but i definitely think that his single singles run needs a bit more of a a bigger push so giving him this tnt belt will will definitely help elevate that and he can hold it as well he's Mm. definitely got his character down he's good on the mic he's great in the ring so i'm excited to see like how his reign is going to go as tnt champ. Um, but the match itself was great because, again, Sammy's a great wrestler as well. They both they both can work so good together and vibe off of each other. So the the match was really entertaining for me personally. I know that there are a few fans that are kind of disliking Sammy due to his personal circumstances, but I just think that people need to just stick with the story. Stop making more a mountain out of a molehill here. It's not the scandal of the year. It's not the only thing that we it's not something that we haven't seen or heard about in everyday life, let alone in, in some wrestler or celebrity's life. So I think people need to stop their judgments a bit because it happens to everybody and anyone in this world. So yeah, aside from that, it was a great match. Can't wait to see Scorpio Sky go further.
0: Well, uh, th- and, again, we're bringing relationships into it, you know, it can change on a dime, as it says as well. So making T-shirts of Sammy and Ty might be good now, but in six months, God knows, you know. Yeah. Uh, but, again, I, I on, sorry. Again, yeah, sorry. Just,
1: yeah, I'm, I'm just not a, a huge fan of... Uh, I've never really been a huge fan of bringing, like, relationships into wrestling. I know that they can happen. And, trust me, I was a fan of Lita and Matt. I really was. I also think like that there was like a continuous chemistry that we saw and a build up and they naturally got into a relationship themselves. You know, for some reason I think that the reason why things aren't really like warming to to either Sami or Ty's side is that this relationship came out of nowhere, which is fine. Everyone's entitled to date anyone that they want, but is already in our faces at when they've not even been a solidified couple for six months. You know, yeah. like this isn't like the same as having a tag match with Britt Baker and Adam Cole, who have been together for years, you know. So this is so new, a relationship that they've not given anyone time to kind of like register that they're actually in a relationship. And then all of a sudden we just get it forced on us with the shit kind of kissing. Yeah. We don't really need all that, guys. We don't, we just establish you in a relationship. And that's it. We, we we don't need you tonguing each other for a good seven minutes on our cameras. Like every week.
0: We we don't need it shoved down our throats, especially when they're doing that in the hotel rooms. You know what I mean? Like, that was said, leave it.
1: And and posting it on social media. Like, it's it's enough to see it on social media. And don't get me wrong, I like their photos on social media. I think that they are a cute couple. But do I think that is quite early on in their relationship to already be establishing it in wrestling? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I would have liked Sammy Guevara to do his sign gimmick, the Abra before his match I don't know what it is I get very silly when I see Sammy and I just want him to do that and be like come on you've got match yeah. next anyway it doesn't matter just promote it yourself
1: but like, I, think, I think also the issue was just having sort of Ty Conti come out there and she's crying her eyes out like Sammy's being murdered in front of her or something and he was just having a normal match it's not even like he was he's, taking he's, like he's been in matches like this before you were with him you've seen him in those matches before he's fine like, the okay. the excessive that her
0: was a bit over the top. Like,
1: yes, we get it, he's getting beaten up, but it's not like he was getting ganged up on.
0: Yeah. He's well, in an actual yeah. match. You know? <laughs> yeah. But as I said, some people have got problems with it, some people haven't, but it will become a problem. And this is the problem with relationships in wrestling, as we've seen before. And, you know, again, Edge became a top tier hill because of something like this, but it doesn't work. Every time. Uh, so exactly. we'll see what happens there. Uh, can like,
1: take chance on
0: that. Yeah, without doubt. Uh, we'll move on to Rampage, March 11th. We started with Darby Allen versus Mark Quinn. Darby won by submission, and the Hardys helped an attack from AFO. Jamie Hayter beat Mercedes Martinez, thanks to Britt Baker. The Kevin James of AEW was stopped by Lee, the limitless one that dismantled the factory, but Hobbs took out Keith. And in the main event... Swerve made his debut and beat Tony Nice, which was nice. Uh, Swerve has won twelve titles in eleven companies. I wouldn't bet against AEW Gold. Uh, I thought this was good stuff, but I don't know what you thought, Jaxie. I felt the episode felt a bit like an elevation or a dark. You know, I, I don't really f- it's
1: more like a, a drama show. If I'm being honest, there were so many promos on that on that um, card, um, just on Dynamite for Dynamite. Um, I just felt like we were getting like more storyline uh, than actual wrestling.
0: Yeah, it was a really, really weird week for that. We we'll move on to the 16th of March. We start with Hangman Page and Jurassic Express versus Adam Cole and Red Dragon. Uh, the match took its time heating up. The crowd came alive and the spots built on the previous one until Cole loaded the Boom on Jungle Boy for the hard fought victory while Red Dragon fed the Page for making a say. This was a great way to start the show of course gina they teased the bucks there but are we just waiting for kenny omega to be fully fit to really start that feud
1: i mean i don't know if we're waiting for the stories to kind of line up right before they bring that storyline in or for whether it's kenny to be fully fit again Me personally, I would want Kenny to be fit again and then bring that storyline in for when he returns because I just think that would be epic. And to be fair, me and Jax, we were watching some old school AEW and uh, Kenny stuff um, just kind of when he turned into cleaner Kenny. And it was just, it was brilliant. I forget how much of a great performer he is and I, I miss that on our AEW screens, especially because we now no longer have sort of Cody there. Like Kenny would be like the next big in my eyes. So to have him come back and then go into that storyline would be even more epic in my eyes. But again, I don't know whether they're, they're waiting to elevate some storylines in which that could help coincide some of what they want to do or whether they're specifically waiting on him. But either way, I hope it's with Kenny.
0: Yeah, it be interesting to see what happens. Uh, we then had Regal join a commentary for Mox and Danielson versus really the U2 Chuck Taylor. Uh, We see a clinical approach concluded with a dream team of Moxley and Danielson scoring the victory. But a great thing was Willie Uta slapping Regal after, which I think was... I mean, Jackson, were you surprised? How dare he besmirch William Regal in that way?
1: I don't think he slapped Regal, did he? I thought Regal slapped him.
0: Yeah, you're right. He did. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there yeah, we go. That's exactly that. what I'm talking about.
1: He did that. I was going to say, I think it was the other way around.
0: Well, but fuck I, you I, guys I just said it, rather than emails. There was people by their keyboards then, ready to email in.
1: <laughs> I'd be like, uh, James, you got your facts wrong.
0: Yeah. And I'd be like, no, I didn't. And
1: just <laughs> so, I was, but I did, I did actually commend Utah because Yuta didn't just stand there and take it. He got in his face too, and that is exactly the type of Um, ruthless aggression, shall we say, that um, uh, William Regal kind of looks for in the men that he represents. He wants to know that there's a spark and there's a fire between them. And if it needs, you know, William Regal to come in and get that animal out, then that's what he's going to do. And I think that he's noticed that within um, Utah. And, you know, trying to say this as as respectful as possible, that's the best sort of that you could have received from Regal is a slap in the face because that means he's interested.
0: Yeah, that's an <laughs> excellent point. Thank you very much for saving me there. Uh, Chris Jericho <laughs> then made a formal announcement changing the names of 2.0 uh, to Matt Manard, Angelo Parker and dealt nicknames to Garcia, Lamasque of Red Death and Hager Hand of the King for Usher in the era of sports entertainment in AEW you know uh and then the tnt championship match wardlow versus scorpio sky and wardlow beat the piss out of sky in this matchup i mean honestly if we're going to try and make him look like a serious champion this story was more about mjf basically costing uh, wardlow an opportunity um Roll up finish. I mean, what did we think? Gina, what did you think of Wardlow coming up short here? I know it extends the feud, but are we a little bit disappointed that he couldn't get gold? I mean,
1: a a little bit, yeah. I I mean, don't get me wrong. I kind of knew this was going to happen. I didn't think, I didn't expect Wardlow to win it, especially so soon after Scorpio just got out. But I also expected there's going to be some tomfoolery. MJF is definitely getting himself involved because what Wardlow cost him you know it, it was inevitable so i knew it, it was going to happen it was it was definitely gutting to see him lose but i knew it was coming and to be honest i i think it works out well because we can still always go back to wardlow entering that tnt title um title reign you know at some point later on down the line so we didn't lose because he he was losing to scorpio really he was he lost because mjf decided to do what he does best but for for the roll-up pin, that did disappoint me a little bit. I get it that, like, you know, he was... Did he get hit in the eye or something like that by MJF? Or he got hit by the ring? Something like that. And then the roll-up. I mean, I just think that, like, Scorpio could have done his, like, finishing move and then, you know, got the pin over him. Because I, I still think that, like, as much as AEW don't use roll-up pins as often as WWE... I still think that you're you're still trying to elevate Scorpio's guy. You want him to still look like this really good even though he was getting him, his butt handed to him in that match by Wardlow. You still want him to show that he's like, you know, has pride in himself that he's like, oh, I don't care that MJF helped. I'm still going to do my special move and then I'll pin him rather than just go for the roll up. So that's the only thing that maybe disappointed me the most. But I knew Wardlow was going to lose it.
0: Well, one so. thing that made me really happy was i know why they kept the second title belt and it's for dan lambert and i've got no problem oh, with yeah. that because sky's not wearing it you know uh, if dan lambert wants to do that no. to he
1: just looks like a fan you know who has his own like yeah, belt. yeah he, he definitely oh looks, looks like he looks like that fan that brings their belts to the the you know to the show which is fine, but you're not, you're not, you're not a fan. And also, no offense, Sam, but you are not co TNT champion. Like you did fuck all to win that belt. Exactly. You haven't what did the did in, a in the ring. Exactly. What, what, so did you, what, what did you contribute apart from your mouth? That sounds. <laughs> exactly. You so, know what?
0: Sometimes I'm... a mouth is is better. <laughs> you know, sometimes <laughs> being the mouth and just saying stuff.
1: Yeah, guys mouth is just <laughs> just as good. <laughs>
0: Exactly. Well, like if, we, would, if we're going to do that, then we might as well get
1: like a like a chat shit get banged belt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe Tony should actually invest in one of those because he has some great managers as it is. So they could all be in the running for best talker or something like that and just have, their, have their own title such belt such that way. Belt. I would love that. No, they need
0: to, to win the belt. It would have to be dressed up as mascots in a race. And whoever wants <laughs> can get the title belt. And then that's how they decide every time. It um, <laughs> well,
1: well, would be even more fun than the 24-7 belt.
0: Yeah, and that is so much fun. Well, the Hardys made their first appearance in tag team action AEW, squaring off a private party in a hot tag to Jeff, drew one of the loudest reactions of the night. And moments later, the charismatic Enigma, it's been a long time since said that, paid their love and support offer with a swanton bomb in a match that may not lived up to expectations, but still strong. Uh, Sting and Derby helped the faces after um, and this is crazy when we think about the Hardys now on their fourth run in a third different promotion. You know, we talk about Hardys back of being TLC back in the day, the broken Hardys in Impact, the WWE return that we had, and now AEW. We're not forgetting about Jeff's world title reigns. The Hardys, Jacksy, have been around for years, obviously. But why have they still got the connection with the crowd that a lot of other wrestlers lose?
1: I think um, overall, they've, you know, if we if we discuss sort of them growing up in in this business, they have solidified their own sort of legacy, uh, so to speak. Like we wouldn't have tables, ladders, or chairs, matches without them. Um, I also think that um, the Harley Boys are, are the type of wrestlers that a lot of people can relate to. They have a bit of a natural um, enigma, so to speak, about them that they 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 can really um show how humble they are as natural characters so it's easier for fans to relate to um to also warm to and enjoy seeing a lot more um i think in general they they have that sibling uh that having your own sibling in there kind of creates like a better better uh dynamic when working together in the ring. And that the way that these two work with each other is like the trust is completely there. And considering when you think of extreme rules or anything extreme, you would think of the hardies like you you need nothing but trust. And I think if anything, fans can even take away um like the the sort of lesson of trust in trusting your partner, trusting that person that you've chosen to be your tag team. Um so yeah, they they've impacted siblings as well as just best friends um, and, and you know, close-knit friends. Uh, they've impacted them more and anyone could relate to them.
0: Well, this is the thing. I mean, even remember, you know, when, well, when I was younger, you know, you're watching your wrestling with friends and then you're the only one that kind of keeps watching after a while. But it's, you know, you pick up wrestlers, and especially like TLC and I was always like Edge and Christian and every, all the other mates mm-hmm. would like the Hardys. And I, I, just, I didn't know why. Like, even... People that don't watch wrestling watch it. I don't know if it's because of the high-flying antics or whatever it was. There's a connection of the Hardys. Yeah, we like them. And when you can get that, it's worth all the money in the world as well. And speaking of all the money in the world, yes, another segue, ladies and gentlemen. It is Thunder Rosa putting, well, wanting what she wants more than anything. The AEW Women's Championship going against Britt Baker, DMD, in a steel cage Match Well, we got steel chairs, bloody foreheads, thumbtacks, tax, and they all served as callbacks to the previous Lights Out contest between the two. The implementation of those instruments of agony coupled with an escalation intensity made for another extraordinary encounter between two of the most talented women's wrestlers in the world. It was Rose's Thunder Driver in the tacks that includes an emotional-filled contest that gave fans a happy ending they sought. Not even a full face of paint can hide the emotions the painted roses rained down from the San Antonio's the new champions adopted hometown, put an point on a nearly perfect executed main event presentation. There was so much to like about this, and that was just the entrances. The Mariachi band, come on, boys and girls. Um, Gina, <laughs> what did you think of this match?
1: I mean, the match was awesome. Just as you explained it, if you haven't seen it, go and watch it. It's definitely worth watching. They have great chemistry together. I, one thing that kind of deflates me a bit is, you know, we had this tag, uh, tag, um, this championship match, like what a week or two before, yeah. and Thunder Rosa lost, and Thunder Rosa sort of won the next tournament so that she could get a, a rematch and get the belt back. I I don't see why they did that. The only reason that I can think of is that they wanted Brit to be holding the newer designed belt that they introduced that night of the first championship match between them. But it just doesn't make sense to me. I just didn't feel like it made sense because it was just a regular Dynamite that she won it on. And that was a pay-per-view that she lost it to. Do, do you see what I mean? So yeah, I, it I, just didn't make sense. I had a feeling she was going to win this match because they wouldn't do two matches so close within each other without the belt being changed at some I, point.
0: I completely agree. And because I did go Baker with addictions uh Again, it's not like I haven't got a problem with it, but I, I think the thing is, like I said, losing the pay-per-view and then having should beat Layla Hirsch to be number one contender. Like, that's a thing. Yeah. Um, and again, maybe it's Tony Khan just, you know, saying, well, you we can have your pay-per-view spot, but you're going to have a steel cage match here. I mean, it was Thunder Rose's hometown in the main event, I suppose, you know, you could argue what was a better moment, but... At least she yeah, got Maybe
1: it. Thunder Rosa wanted to win it in her hometown rather than on a bigger pay-per-view event. Um, it could have been multiple factors, so yeah. knowing the reasoning. But that just, for me, that kind of just made the match feel a little bit, uh, just a slight bit underwhelming because I just had a feeling Thunder Rosa's going to win this because they're not going to do two losses so close mm-hmm. together. Yeah. her because that's just like cutting all of the elevation that they've been doing for Thunder Rosa for so long. So um, that, that's the only thing that I'll say is that was un- underwhelming about the match. The rest of the match itself was amazing to watch. They both did really great in the ring, gave us such a great main event. And I'm really pleased that she, she won the belt. But that yeah. was the only disappointing factor for it.
0: Well, you know me, I'm weird. And one of the things that really annoyed me in this match was the blue lighting on the crowd. Because the way the camera was, it looked like the arena was empty. And when you think it's meant to be hometown, meant to have a huge. You can hear the crowd. You just can't see them. I don't have a custom layout, you know, a little cell. But just sort the camera out. If you've got a full crowd, show it. The reason why WWE do all these camera tricks is because they've only got basically two sides. If you've got the whole three or four sides, then fucking show it. Because otherwise it looks silly. And that. I mean, probably no one else looked, you know, saw that. But for me, it was just like. It took me off a little bit because it's like this is the main event. You want it to look as good as humanly possible. And I think the match was good, but I wanted more match, if you know what I mean. I think they've just like, okay, right. Well, thumbtacks and stuff and stuff and stuff. But I think these two can have a fantastic match. And I don't think we've seen that yet. We don't need hardcore stuff. Just one-on-one wrestle, you know? Agree. But I think that's going to happen uh, down. I
1: didn't, I didn't notice that. But I, I totally agree with what you're saying. So if I did notice that, then I would be on the same page as you.
0: Mm. It's just one of the things. But we're moving on the page on the 18th. Derby beat The Butcher by countout. Hardy's returned the favour from Dynamite with new merch. Uh, Red Velvet beat Legit Lady Hirsch thanks to Statlander. House of Black, Obliterated Frago, and Bear Country. Just give us a trio titles now. Just give. House of Black, something to do. Is it that difficult? Yeah.
1: I don't understand what Tony's sitting on because there's definite, there, there's um, some real definite um, uh, hinting going on with the amount of trios that he's either creating within the company or trios that he's bringing in together. And yeah, House of Black really needs some titles because... They every time they come on on screen, uh, they are captivating, they're enticing. I want to continue watching them more. I want to just see them than them, them get let loose, you know? And I feel like there will be so much more of a of a drive to see a lot more trios action if there were trios belts. Um and if you're gonna do trios belts, put them on House of Black first. Mm-hmm. They're the best group to put them on first.
0: Yeah. And it gives them meaning and direction which is so important and people have a go at WWE for this with wrestlers just being called up with nothing to do have have a goal at the end you know have something to work towards uh the main event of Rampage was Keith Lee again a guy I know he's feuding with Hobbs and Ricky at this moment in time but at this moment i may be expecting a little bit more uh beat Max Max Kaster um the acclaim just so entertaining. That's why just my notes in this was just so good. Uh, Hobbs and Ricky joined for a beat down till Swerve came out. And then March 23rd, Dynamite and CM Punk battled Dax Harwood in an honest-to-goodness match of the year contender. I mean, bring back 70s wrestling. Uh, Harwood looked every bit of Punk's equal, but the Anaconda Vice managed uh, to tap him out. Gina, this was just pure wrestling. I just spoke about it with Rosa and Baker. These two just wrestled.
1: Yeah, for sure. It was so good just to sit and watch. You couldn't take your eyes off this match. Like every single move that they did, they were both executing so well, and it just it just felt super old school in terms of all the grappling and you know the countering of the moves and it was it was just so great, and it just reminds you just how great, like, me and Jaxie have been talking about this the past few weeks, actually, how great FTR are and how just mm. underutilised they were in the other company. They really were, because every time I see them, I'm just impressed. And it, You can't it's, really get a bad match out of them, can you? Well, no. The, the thing
0: is, and, and I completely agree, and, and one of the reasons, I've, I've heard FTR speak before, and even in NXT, and... They do something no other tag team does where they ask them, like, what's your big moves? What's your comebacks? What moves do you want to hit? And they go, no, what do you want to get in? And they go, no, we want to make this match as good as possible. So it's like with the Bucks or anybody else involved, what do you do? We can add to it, but we want to have everything in there. And when you think of maybe other tag teams of like, no, we're doing this, this is what we want to do. And that's why FTR just, like you said, it's, it's they've blossomed. You know, this AEW prelude, we're going to watch them blossoming. And I know that sounds a bit, you know, whatever, but it's true.
1: No, I agree, um, both with yourself and with Tina. And the one thing that I will just add is that um this is how you can actually tell that FDR are very strong in contenders for being known as one of the best tag teams in the world. And it is because the, the multitude of matches that we've gotten from FDR since joining AEW, whether or not it's them in singles matches or tag matches, and not one match has actually failed to amaze me. Like mm. each match that FTR are in are is absolutely incredible. And what's incredible about it is how good FTR make the other teams look. Even if they're winning that match, they still make their opponents look amazing and come out on top, yeah. even if they do win. Um is they've just got such a natural talent. And you can also just see how careful they are with some of their moves in the ring, you know, protecting net, um, watching out for certain spots to make sure that they're able to catch them and things like that. FDR just—they're um, just multi-talented in so many ways. Uh, they just make me excited to tune in each week to see what they're going to get up to. Net.
0: Yeah, it's yeah, exactly, exactly that. Um, completely agree. And then we move on. We've got a wild card eight man tonight. A tag match pitted Sting, Darby Allen, and the Hardys against Andrade's family office, which is a private party, the Butcher and a Blade. And this match had Jeffs with his first AEW dive, uh, and the good guys won. Uh, Gina, what do you think of Jeff going up that ladder and that dive? Took you back twenty years, didn't it? <laughs> Not saying that you're not oh, old. Sure. I'm not. I mean, God, I'm not saying you're that old. I don't want to get trouble. I'm not. I mean, you wouldn't have remembered it, but you know.
1: No, for sure, it definitely gave me such like nostalgic vibes just to see the boys together again, and that match was just great. We knew that they were going to vibe and work well with Sting and Darby as well because all of their styles are very similar, and there's obviously history there with Sting. But, yeah, it it was just amazing. Just wowed me. Couldn't take my eyes off the screen. I mean, I enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, it's always fun to watch uh, Jeff put his life on the line as it was. You just think, bloody hell, it's crazy. I've been watching it was it really cool to hear,
1: though, that that was Darby's, Darby's idea to do that move. So it was really cool to just hear that from – I don't know where I heard that from. Maybe YouTube page, but – yeah. Probably it Monty. Cool to hear that.
0: You know what Monty's like. Uh, got, Mr. Neville, yeah. yeah. Well we've got the newly christened Black Ball Combat Club. Uh, Mox and Brian made short work of the varsity blondes. Regal's been a godsend on commentary. He's not a manager. The goal must be the end game, but they will enjoy beat, beating people up along the way. Jack's think of the Blackpool Combat Club, because we probably I don't get me well, what do you think first? <laughs>
1: I mean, first of all, I thought he had um, introduced it as the Black Ball Combat Club, and I was like, why is he naming it after a snooker ball? <laughs> <laughs> um, obviously, said a second time, I realised he's saying Black ball. Um I think it's quite a, it's, it's a unique uh, terminology, is a unique name for the group. Would I have given them something different, something a, a bit more catchier? Something more shorter, yes. Um, but considering it's coming from William Regal, I am not going to, to argue.
0: Well, do you think it's a case of because we're English or British, as it was, and Blackpool? You go Blackpool. What? Uh, whereas the Americans go, hey, that's a fancy name, Blackpool. Like, Probably, you know, yeah. So,
1: yeah. I mean, <laughs> it, it's just one of those things where it's like, well, I mean. Why Blackpool? I get it. I get it. But, you know, for for us Brits, we probably are just like, why? You know? Whereas, yeah, for the Americans, I think it probably would come across a lot cooler.
0: Well, it'd be better if their tag team was like the Towers or something like that, you know? Like maybe you can Blackpool do it or something like that, but I don't know. Uh, Anyway, quickly moving on MJF cut a promo on Wardlow, refusing to release tracks, referring to him as a pig. I own you, he exclaimed, with a venomous vigour of the vilest villain in the business. Revealing Wardlow works for him and not AEW. Then telling Wardlow, we pay him to sit home long enough, he will fade into obscurity. Uh, Wardlow came out, security restrained them. This was just a building block. Um, So again, very, very interesting to see what happens there. And then we get two top five single stars in AEW battle. In a damn good, highly competitive match for money fans while they once measured sticks in Ring of Honour, it was Adam Cole uh, versus Jay Lethal. And Cole benefited from Red Dragons interference, delivering a low blow and putting him away with the boom. Um, I'll ask you, Jaxie, with Adam Cole, are is, is a low blow and a boom uh, getting a bit too much or is that just your shtick?
1: Um... I mean, I think the low blow is his shtick, for sure. Um, I think that the boom has just been ultimately made famous by the fans. So, I mean, I don't get bored of it. I still I still end up doing it. Um, but then again, I'm probably one of the hugest fans of Adam Cole's, um, whether or not it's from a gaming point of view or even just from a wrestling point of view. Um, I just love what he does in the ring. So I, I don't ever, I've not ever looked at it like, okay, I'm
0: bored by this now, you know? Well, it's just that, uh, you know, just to the low blow and then hitting his finisher like that rather than just kind of but, beating the guy clean. Does he need to cheat or is it just kind of getting that character of, he probably doesn't need I to cheat. He just likes it. I think that's I think,
1: yeah, I feel like, um, I feel like Adam Cole gets a lot of satisfaction out of ending things the way he does at the moment. So, uh, yeah, I think that he's kind of turning it into his, like heel shtick right now. Mm. Um, so I kind of don't have an issue with it because I, I kind of like this trick-ass this persona that he's he's playing about with at the moment. Um, you know, that being said, if, say for example, you know, a year later he's gone face and then he goes back heel and he's doing the same shtick again, I think that's what will kind of solidify it as being sort of decent. Um, mm. You know, like it, it is very easy for any wrestler kind of do that move in order to solidify them going heel but Adam Cole is like you know repetitively doing it as a heel so you know we'll we'll see what it's like and whether or not that sort of becomes one of his many facades um
0: <laughs> he might just come out and say he hates bollocks like we just don't know you know? <laughs>
1: Yeah, you've taken you real personal
0: issues with yeah.
1: every other man's bollocks. And he's like, you don't deserve them. You don't, you don't deserve them. You don't deserve them. I, <laughs> them. <laughs> I am the bollock
0: collector. I am.
1: <laughs> oh, my gosh. Imagine. Imagine if he nicknamed I would love it if, you, if he became that. I really would love it if he became that character. <laughs>
0: If he doesn't, I'm going to be disappointed. You know, I really, really am. Yeah, there's a slight yeah.
1: disappointment there now. Yeah.
0: Well, <laughs> uh, there was this point for, uh, of course, the AEW champ, as Adam Cole stole the title as well. And then we get former TNT champion Sammy Guevara, take on Conte calling that Dan Lambert. Um, basically, this segment came down to one line from Dan Lambert which is worth it and if your parents give you an extra nine ninety nine a month you can subscribe to Paige Van Sant's fan page and find out why Orange Cassidy keeps his hand in his pockets all day that was basically the highlight moving on Leila <laughs> Hirsch versus Red Velvet uh, Hirsch resorted to cheating late in the competitive match using a piece of turnbuckle to flatten Velvet and scored a tainted victory and Statlander saved Red from the same beatdown Um, we've seen a different side to Statlander. Um, Again, this is quite a big question, but I don't mind the darkness from Statlander, but the women's division, I'm feeling these feuds and stories are just not given enough time. Is that too easy for me to say? Or even looking back at it now, like this should have been maybe given a bit more time. We should be seeing other feuds developing as well.
1: Mm-hmm. I have to agree with you on that front um uh Gina and I were actually just saying this um you know a few weeks ago that even though what what we get when it comes to wrestling content for the women is good at the same time um it it's it's all, always felt rushed um it's always uh just kind of felt like um it's just there. Um, because Tony's just gone, right, go. Like, this this, this person versus this person. We need to create a feud. Let's go. You know? Um, He he needs to put a a lot more dedication into it. You know know the dedication, like, um, that we saw come from the whole build-up of seeing Hangman Page, you know, going on a a downward spiral um, of, you know, just constantly drinking, losing his matches, you know, and he worked his way back up. That's, you know, long-time story-building. We're not asking for that with every single female-dominated match. What we are asking for is, if you're going to give us a feud, then give us a feud. Mm.
0: Yeah, I think that's the thing, you know. And, and it's even, like, up next on Dynamite as well, a promo, a scheduled promo with Thunder Rosa, who promoting all night, was interrupted by Nada Rose and Vicky before the champ could say anything. I know Tony Khan put Thunder Rosa promo the, the following week, after the backlash but you can't do it all the time you know you can't just be like oh well, fucked up there you go because after a while it's like why do you keep doing it in the first place but then again uh, i think that's a discussion for another day the main event uh was the underrated excellence of silver and reynolds combined uh against jericho and garcia where garcia tapped reynolds out with a sharpshooter people were saying that garcia was using a sharpshooter 25 years to the day that Bret Hart used to defeat Steve Austin by KO at WrestleMania 13. I just think it was a coincidence. Uh, (laughs) Jericho trying to build stars. But for me, this wasn't a main event level match. You know, Gina, we've talked about the stuff that happened in Dynamite and Rampage, and then they're going to give us, no offence to Silver and Reynolds, or Jericho Garcia, but this is not a main event match.
1: No, I mean, don't get me wrong. I I actually personally love the Dark Order. I love all the individual characters, and I love them as tag and a group. But sometimes I do feel like they're just used to slot in and just to make matches. Um, they don't sometimes slot into the storylines. It's just oh, you're there. You're you're randomly there because you happen to be friends with another person who's involved with this feud. So it's just, um, yeah, I feel a little bit like they're starting to become a bit filler, um, which isn't great. Don't get me wrong, they're still really popular. They've got a lot of fans behind them and there are so many people who love watching them wrestle. But in like lately, it does seem to be a bit of a filler case for them. Mm-hmm. So it did feel a bit random on them being in this main event match. Like, why is this a main event? Yeah, it just I agree. Bit... I feel like they just—I feel like they need more purpose, you
0: know. Mm. Yeah, I think without a doubt, I think this is a problem sometimes, and it's like you build up a big dynamite or whatever it is, and then you forget about one, you know. And, and I think we're seeing it uh, in a little bit, bits and pieces here. Uh, we move on to Rampage, March twenty-fifth. Dustin Rose, fifty-two, beat Lance Archer, who slowly. Uh, migrating to Dan Lambert. But I think the funny thing here was Dustin, six 6'6 was nearly the same size as Archer. I mean, I forget how big D- Dust or Dustin Reynolds actually was. Um, again, not a bad way to get ha- uh, get done. Uh, a, a complete stupid, I say stupid idiot, as Jerker would say, Fuego Del Sol call that house of black. What did you think was going to fucking happen? They arrived... What and, an issue. I mean, who thought, who thought that was a good idea? I mean, Sammy Guevara is probably too busy with Tate to actually say anything to Frago be like, "You're doing what?" Um, they splattered him. Uh, <laughs> the dark, dark order they, I mean, they, they they called I mean, he could
1: have easily he could have easily just looked at you know the time that Dante Martin called out the House of Black and been like, no, nope, no, nope, nope, I'm not going through that." Nope. I'll keep my mouth shut, but no, Instead,
0: he decided, I'm going to do exactly the same as Dante. I just, don't, I just don't understand why. Uh five and ten, lost to Red Dragon. Adam Cole so the tag titles. Rose squash a young woman by the name of Maddie werner in less than a minute. Uh, and then we saw QT Marshall bring out Hook to present him with a certificate of accomplishment. Um, Hook didn't like that. He attacked Aaron Solo and left. Danhausen tried to curse hook but his powers had no effect Gina you come around to Danhausen yet no <laughs> well the main event- I mean
1: <laughs> I, I I get I get his character I mean Jackie has explained a lot more about him to me now so I do get his character and I I do see why people are entertained by him but I'm just I mean I, I don't mind when his segments end because I kind of forget what he just did.
0: Yeah. They're, they're not doing <laughs> a lot that with way. him. They're not doing a lot with him at the moment. They're not trying to really, get that no. crazy um, you know, they're gonna have the um, odd odd partners, you know, with him and of course Hook as well. So that'll that'll be something I suppose. And the main event saw Swerve challenge Starks for the F T W Championship. The biggest title in AEW. Uh, Powerhouse Hobbs was his teammates corner while Strickland showed up all alone. Hobbs attacked Swerve while the ref had his back turn. This allows Starks to hit his finish for the win. Keith Lee came down to break up the celebration. Uh, we will get Lee and Swerve versus Hobbs and Starks at some point. And that match should be good. And I, Gina, I don't know if it's you, but I thought Starks looked excellent. And I don't know if I'm falling for him as well. I think you've started saying, here, and I'm really worried. <laughs> I'm watching stuff. Hey, you so going, back
1: off, okay? No, get, I'm going Get to damn. the back of the line. I'm number one.
0: No, no, <laughs> man. I'm like, no, wow. to be yeah.
1: fair, I, I actually has, have been saying like this to Jaxi as well. Like, we all forget that he's come back from a neck injury as well, and he looks so good. And I'm not saying this just because I'm biased towards him. He just looks so good in the ring at the moment. So... And it definitely—he has a charm about him. He has this charm. He's a bit like MJF. I don't think he should ever be a face. He should always remain heel and just be this arrogant asshole, you know. But he—he's so good. Like he's charming. He's got—he's got the swag to like talk talk the mic. But then he's also smashing it in the ring. And he's come back from a neck injury as well. That's not easy to do. And to look as if he's that good. So, yeah, fair play to him because he's definitely put in the work to
0: come back. Well, I don't want him smashing him in the ring. But I'm I'm looking and I'm starting to think, do you know what? I think Ricky, yeah, I mean, I might might be part of this fan club as well. Uh, we move on March 30th, oh, Dynamite. <laughs> what have you done? It's CM Punk versus Max Caster. Yeah. Uh, Punk laughing and grinning after Case's pre-match rap. Uh, I wondered how long it would get uh, Will Smith reference. He didn't wait long, did he? Said Tony Schiavone. Uh, Punk Punk won with the Anaconda Vice. And Punk's wants the championship. Um, Backstage, FTR told MJF there may be issues between him and Wardlow. But they are friends with both guys. Scarf and Hill reassured them all as well. Because when you're in a pinnacle, you're all on top. Uh, Moxley beat Jay Lethal in a really competitive, hard-hitting match. FTR beat Gun Club. A good to see FTR turning face and we mentioned them earlier. And Wardlow exploded into the arena, laying out security and getting dangerous close to MJF before being cut off by more guards. The crowd popped huge. Um, and a backstage phone from the Jericho Appreciation Society gave way to an explosive brawl between the Hill Faction returning Eddie Kingston-Santana. And Ortiz. The hills came out on top and whipped Eddie. And then Danielson versus Willie Utah. Utah counting out the cattle mutilation drew a huge ovation from the crowd. It's Utah spit in the face of Danielson. A great visual that preceded a vicious stomp into the face by his opponent. But, Jax, so you've got to love the act of defiance by Willie Utah. And like we said, this has not been just one and turn this has been as we've looked back now gradually over a couple of weeks to this point of defiance
1: exactly right what you said there I mean the, the, the one thing that I can sort of um, say that I really enjoy about Wheeler is that I feel like there is this uh, pent up personality that's not actually come through yet it's very intriguing to kind of see this potential um, collaboration alongside both Brian Danielson and John Moxley. Uh, again, those two are two wrestlers that have got so much tremendous talent that I didn't actually realise that I needed them together. And just seeing this interaction in the ring between Utah and uh, Danielson, gosh, they threw, they went hard in that match, and it was amazing to see. It was lovely to actually even hear the crowd going wild, not just for Danielson but for Utah as well. He really deserved a lot of the praise that he was getting uh throughout the match because he held his own against someone who has practically been debated as to whether or not he's the best in the world, you
0: know? Yeah, without a doubt. And then one of the greatest of all time. So you think about what uh Brian gave Utah in that matchup, uh, just you know, through offense and everything like this, it really does show that they've got faith in him. We had a bit of a disappointing <laughs> segment next. We had Nicole, Bobby Fish and Carla Riley held holding a championship celebration. Um where just got interrupted and just ran away, left the titles in the ring. I mean, there weren't really much, much else, I suppose. Uh, we then get AEW's Champion funder Rosa for the promo she didn't get the week before, uh, and then the Owen Hart Foundation Women's Tournament, because AEW does love a fucking tournament, uh, kicked off with a bunny, squaring off with AEW's newest signee, yes, Tony fucking Storm. And the Aussie entered a thunderous ovation and ran through the bunny. Of course, former May Young Classic winner, former NXT UK Women's Champion and Storm with the emotional thank you to the fans at ringside. I think it reflected a woman who needed that reception to remind her that she was still a major player in the sport. She probably lost some passion, as most wrestlers do. But, uh, Gina, it's great to see someone as talented as Tony Storm uh, get... (laughs) Get a chance in AEW, wrestle once on Dynamite, and then probably see her on Dark. But in all in all seriousness, <laughs> it's great to see Tony Storm.
1: I mean, yeah, don't get me wrong. I think I think me and Jackie had our own little personal bet on who it was going to be, and I guessed Tony Storm, so I was super excited. Yeah, I thought it was going to be Ember Moon. Yeah, no, I got I got it right, so I was super happy to just have a win over Jaxi for once. <laughs> but um, yeah, I I was super pleased to see Tony Storm, and as soon as she came down, I literally said to Jaxi, I really want them to do a big, massive, long-term storytelling feud between her and Jamie Hater, and I don't know why, but I just had a feeling. That's it, you know, Jamie Hater and and uh, Tony Storm are going to have a great feud so I'm excited yeah. that she's here and do you know it what like, it's really one gonna... of those matches it's one of those matches sis, where we didn't realise that we wanted to see these two go off against one another until yeah. it actually, until she actually joined the AEW and I must admit yeah. as well she looks so good I mean don't get me wrong I'm, I kind of miss how juicy her booty used to be and her booty yeah. is still juicy now but like she's lost so much weight. She looks very good and just, you know, fair play to Tony because um, it's very easy, like you said, James, to be able to, uh, you know, take, uh, leave a company and maybe lose your passion a bit. But she's come back and she came back with such a roaring crowd. Uh, she's definitely not done when it comes to wrestling. Definitely no. not. No, it was funny. so nice to hear. And I'm also going to give a quick little shout out to Ali, um, aka The Bunny, because she always makes people look good in the ring and she does lose like a lot of her matches but it, it never seems to harm her and she always comes out with that same mentality and she holds her own in the ring you know and she she helps elevate other people so fair play to ali
0: yeah without a doubt and then the main event Darby allen versus andrade and no one takes a better ass kicking than Darby allen uh so that was on display early and often in the main event experience from jose the Butcher, the Blade proved to be a difference as El capitalised on the distraction and earned the biggest win of his AEW run this far. And this, I think, has been the best Andrade has looked in AEW. There's a great exchange uh, for slaps between the two, but Derby loses another big one. And again... Is it a case of there's just too much talent? You can't please everybody. Andrade gets the biggest win in AEW because he needs it, and Darby Allen just can't win a big match recently? Uh, Gina, what do you reckon?
1: What do I reckon about Darby winning matches?
0: Well, is there a problem with Darby losing matches, or can he recover from that? I mean, I think
1: he can recover. He's built up such a big rapport, especially since the beginning of AEW, because he has been on there from the beginning and he's just elevated himself a lot throughout that whole beginning phase as well. So some AEW fans who may not have tuned in to the very beginning of the shows possibly didn't see how well Darby did from the minute he joined. But we've mm-hmm. seen that lot. So I think him taking a few losses here and there. In my eyes, personally, I don't think it affects or hurts him in any way because he's been a champ twice, you know, and I think he's also helping to elevate other people while still getting elevated with Sting. So as I much have- as he may take losses, I think he still gets good wins. I think I have to agree with Sis on this. Um, I-, I honestly don't think that taking a loss here and there, um, will affect him because he's he's so goddamn popular you hear his music and like everyone is is screaming for him even I get go a little fangirl because if I am still a huge fan of I think he can afford to take these losses I think Andrade really did need the win um oh my gosh first of all the match was amazing between those two I would happily sit there and watch another match between both of them uh they both worked so well together and Darby just made Andrade look good, and Andrade is good. But we've not seen that level of good in AEW yet, and we're finally just getting a chance to see it now. So I think that this run needs to actually be a good one for Andrade rather than the likes of Darby, Allen, and, and uh, you know, others like Matt Hardy and stuff. Andrade needs this more than they do. Um, and that's not me saying that Andrade's not good, but he's not had the best of pushes since joining. So right now, um, he's just had like this big win, and I would like to see that momentum keep going.
0: You know, this is the issue with it. It's like my my thing with Darby is that he's not won a singles match on pay per view. I do believe he lost to CM Punk, of course, at All Out last year. The following pay per view, lost to MJF in singles action. Yes, oh, I'll he be- won. He won the PM2 title from Cody. But he wins. That he wins but this is what I'm saying. He wins with Sting. And that TNT Championship run, I look at Sammy Guevara now and, and Scorpio Sky with a TNT title, and I think when Darby Allen had it, it was a special championship. And I don't know if it was just because of the title or the it as well. And like I said, allen has got this, this great connection with the crowd. But I really think there's, like I said, the, the future is there and the present is there to kind of build them as such. The only issue with Andrade winning this one, and again, I may be wrong, but dynamite have set up a coffin match between him and Andrade, which Derby won't lose. So again, it's fifty I mean, yeah, fifty. You never know because,
1: but you never know because AEW do like to throw a curveball and like you know what? What if they do decide? Actually, do you know what? Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna kind of have Derby go on this losing streak, and he's going to like try and beat Andrade at his own match, and yet he still loses it. Like, what does that do for them then? So you never know. That being said more than likely you're right, and it's just going to be 50-50 booking. But I, I, I'd I, like to think that, like, you know, they're going to, these these wins and losses count in terms of, you know, their overall score and where they go in terms of uh, challenging for a title. So I'd actually like to think that they're building Andrade up to a potential um, title challenge. Uh, and I think that if, if they are going down that route, then he needs to win that coffin match.
0: It'll be interesting because at the moment I can't see Andrade at double or nothing unless it's a battle royal or ladder match. I can see Sting and Derby versus the Hardy Boys. So it would be interesting to see what way oh. they go with that. But we'll carry on and Rampage 8 for first. We've got Top Flight versus the Young Bucks. The Bucks won, but Top Flight looked awesome. Um, now, China, this might be silly of me to say, but this was a great match. And there are too many good teams in AEW, so should we have another set of tag team titles? I know we've got the AAA, I know we've got Ring of Honor, I know AEW, but honestly, there could be like a, a cruiserweight. Do you know what I mean? The amount of tag teams that could see yeah. hold gold is crazy.
1: I mean, they could do some sort of cruiserweight tag titles. Or something, because even though they do have the AAA and ROH tag belts, they're not exactly defended or storylined on any of the AEW shows. So, with the amount of tag teams that they have, they definitely need to put something else out there. Um, Top flight, they they just continue to amaze me. Like their energy and stamina, the way they're able to keep up with such veterans like the Young Bucks is just. Is so amazing to see because we do see tag matches out there with the Young Bucks versus other tag teams who are also just as good, but they're they're veterans or they've been in it a long time, and their matches are nowhere near this on the level of this match between Top Flight and Young Bucks. Like that could have been a pay per view match in my eyes, you know, that just at chucking a stipulation here or there, and that could have been a a wicked pay per view match. So I I definitely think that we need to do some more for the tag team division in Terms of not just one set of tag belts, we do need another set coming in at some point because there's so much they could do with storylines. I'm still itching for them to do various different storylines, and we're gonna get it, but it's just as and when they decide to introduce it, I guess.
0: Yeah, about that. Uh, well, we get American top team in the ring, you want we got- it
1: now, Tony? You want them now?
0: <laughs> we get American top team in ring, promo. Sammy and Tay destroy Hill's car. Uh, they will be heels by the end of the year. Uh, Dan's feud with Cody moves to Sammy. Uh, looks like we may be getting hook and Downhousen together as well. House of Black, Mulody, Bruno Stu Grayson and Frego. Was there any doubt? Jamie Hayter beat Sky Blue. AEW just shoved it quickly in. It's a women's match. Only needs five minutes. Did we know Ricky Starks lived in Wolverhampton for three months? Hey, Did we know that, Gina? We would have gone, wouldn't we? If, we, if, we, if
1: did that. he actually?
0: Yeah, yeah, that's what the commentary said. When he was training to be a wrestler, he lived in Wolverhampton for three months. I missed oh, my shit. opportunity,
1: guys. <laughs> I missed my right. opportunity. He'll, he'll be back. He'll be back, and when he comes back, we'll shove, shove you in his face. He's got nowhere else to look. Yeah, it's and right. if that doesn't okay. work, we'll, we'll do but Gina. That's, that's,
0: that's we'll
1: do. one of the other Jaxie's not yeah. going to hear that. the end of this now for the next couple of months. That's all she's going like, to get. Yeah, right be Me be talking be about be. my missed window.
0: <laughs> well, it happens to us all, but uh, Powerhouse Hobbs refused to be disrespected. Henry, in a pre-match, into John's Spotlight, Keith Lee was gifted. Imagine the triple threat of Powerhouse Hobbs Keith Lee and Mark Henry. That would just be uh, so, so much. I mean, would you change.
1: just want to take all the money I have right now for so that, please, just give, just give it to me.
0: Well, we did get so, I mean,
1: You know what? I am, I am itching to have Miro come back because imagine the, the type of matches that we could have even a triple threat between those three would be amazing.
0: Yeah, without a doubt. Miro just needs to come back, no matter what. I yeah. don't care. Like,
1: Where he is, but Can you come <laughs> back now?
0: <laughs> he's probably in Wolverhampton. Uh, we get Hobbs <laughs> versus Keith Lee next. Hobbs impressed me more than Keith Lee did in this one. And I was so taken by Keith Lee and his character and his work when he was feuding with Adam Cole, weirdly enough, the NXT title. And I'm not saying it's a step short, but with Hobbs, he's got motivation in his eyes. And that is, is is even bigger. Uh, and after the match, Ricky Starks and Swerve Strickland fought outside. The FTW Championship Roll through a table with a Rochambeau and Team Taz and Team Doctor beat down Lee and Hobbs speared him through a table. This was uh, good stuff there. And then April 6th, Dynamite, we start with a pay-per-view quality match to Adam Cole and Christian. The crowd was hot. Cole, hooking a rope with his leg to counter out, attempted kill switch, poking the eyes and followed up with a boom made uh, for a great finish that put over his ring in-ring awareness and his ability to cheat to go undetected. Uh, but there'll be no cheating uh, when he challenges Hangman to pay for the AW World Title in a Texas death match. So see first time ever one-on-one meeting between Christian and Adam Cole and boy did they deliver.
1: Yeah, I mean I kinda of, I knew this was gonna naturally be a good match, just in terms of both wrestlers are amazing at what they do in as individuals. Seeing them get in the ring, you were very much right, James. I even said this to Gina, like this is actually a pay per view type match. We should we are so lucky we're getting this on like free TV right now, rather than or you know, maybe free T V for America, not for us. You have to pay for a five fight TV, but, but... We can watch it on ITV. Okay. We
0: can watch it on ITV. It's fine.
1: It's... Yeah, but I'm not waiting until Saturday for it. get everything ruined for myself straight away. But, yeah, it, it, again, this match, it actually shocked me more than I thought it would with how good it was. But Christian, he's, he's, he's continuously showing and proving how much he still has it.
0: Yeah, without a doubt. Without a doubt. You know, Christian looks... The same as he did. You know, I talking about fifteen years ago. Talk about, talk about the Hardys. You know, yeah, bit of bit of uh, you know mileage, so to speak. Same with Edge. Christian just no. Yeah. Two thousand five called and they want Christian back. Like that's that's how good he looks.
1: We're not giving him back. No way. He's doing way too well up back up here. So let's leave him where he is and not put him back down with a with the other company who just didn't really appreciate the talents that he could bring.
0: Right. Uh, well, up next, and this is weird as well, Samoa Joe in AEW. Now, the Dublin podcast started Joe Watch for Jared back in 2015 when we started watching NXT. I would never have thought that that man would have moved to AEW at this point in time. But then again, I've just seen Adam Cole versus Christian, so a lot can happen in a short space of time. Uh, the smiling submission we've seen dismantled Max Kester and qualified for the Owen Heart tournament. Uh, but Kester did dapp about Joe's time as NXC Champion. said we beat him in the ratings when he was their champ. Um, I love Joe and the cockiness. And you spoke about Miro. Miro versus Samoa Joe. Book it. Simple. Oh my God. Hell yes. Take my money for that yes. match. I
1: will I'll yes. pay for the if that may be the case. <laughs> you know,
0: just double or nothing, Miro versus Joe, I'm in. You know, it's as simple as that.
1: Yep, give that to us. Give it, take my money.
0: Well, what else was given to us was the Battle of the Shawns as Dean battles Spears. Uh, Dean rolled up Spears and Wardlow destroyed his security team. MGF on commentary. Now, MGF, I've got a love-hate relationship with him. Uh, because sometimes he's lowest commerce denominator. But he did call Tony an old prick, which made me laugh. So I got to like it. I like it. Spins... No, that really
1: made me laugh out loud, like really laugh out loud. I wasn't expecting it. And all you hear is, you're a like, prick sometimes. <laughs> Tony, Tony's commentary on MGF though, is also gold. Like, he, he just yeah. literally sounds like that disappointed uncle that he's related, he can't believe he's related to just piece of trash. Like, that's the way that it feels whenever you hear him on commentary talk about MJF, it's brilliant.
0: Well I'm another- sure
1: his <laughs> music was playing and Tony took man and said, oh, dipshitter, and I just lost it. I absolutely
0: lost it. And also, Excalibur with the, I mean, I've, I don't even watch America TV, but the rat in the kitchen. And every time MJF's on the screen, <laughs> and they bring it up. And I just think it's excellent. Yeah. You know, it just makes sense. Oh, wait, didn't
1: MJF actually even comment on that? I was like, why are you yeah. bringing that up when I'm, I'm here at Commentary Celebrity? <laughs> Very smart. on am <I'm> here
0: then. <laughs> yeah, really, really good stuff. Wendy Kingston, Santana Ortiz brawled with the Jericho Appreciation Society, chasing them out of the arena, and they called for the foes for a six-man tag match next week in New Orleans. Jade Cargill, we've not mentioned her hardly at all, is sick of MMA rejects, which got a huge pop. Uh, Thirty and O mm. is coming, and then, well, you knew the tables match between the Hardys and the Butcher and the Blade was doomed early when Jeff failed to actually go through a table. Uh, Butcher's departure came in a bet spot through the table with a side effect. Uh, Jr. called this bowling shoe ugly. Uh, Jeff took a big bump via Swanton. <laughs> off the top of the ladder, driving blade through the table for the win. But Jeff was eliminated, so I shouldn't have counted. But hey, what what are we going to do? The problem load... The
1: rules for this was really confusing because I didn't understand how Jeff got the win there either.
0: But you cannot ask Matt and Jeff to take the big and the high risks in tables and ladder matches like it was 2000. You will end up breaking them. And, and that's not a joke about broken hardies. I
1: just, I, I just want them to look after their health. And, you know, Jeff's only been part of AEW for, you know, not even the good half, better half of like two months. And he's already gone through so many tables um, or not gone through a table. Um, I just, you know, it doesn't have to be every week that they're going through a table. Let them just have a decent normal match where we can just
0: see their talents, where they're not, you know, risking breaking any bit. Yeah, right. uh, well, up next, a more aggressive, no-nonsense Julia Hart, who we've seen to this point reared her head and attacked uh, Hika Ishida for the opening bell of their Owen Hart Foundation Women's Tournament Qualified match. That's a mouthful. Despite a very game faults from Hart, Shida scored the win with a Falcon Hour finisher. Now, this is not being facetious, so you can help me. What happened to the deep rivalry? Has it been on dark? Or elevation, or has it not been featured at all?
1: I think like the last we saw, like she came out during the end of that match, right?
0: Yes, yeah, that's what I, this, I was thinking. Oh yeah, she was. There was a big feud going on, and it's like, but what's yeah, happened in the f- two months?
1: They didn't really explain where Deeb's gone because she has been present, but they didn't really explain where Deeb. Deep has been like, it's not exactly like yeah um, but she does only been back for what like two three weeks because she got injured again by Deeb again remember because she like bloated up her knee with that yeah but that yeah day. she yeah but that's what I mean she came she came back during one of Deeb's squash matches but mm. then yeah, like this is like the first time that we're seeing Deeb like since then
0: revolution, isn't it? I just like think so that so they're
1: so doing really, like, long-term, long-term storytelling <laughs> with those two. I think they're just dragging <laughs> it out super long. And, and uh, that's fine, that considering that is exactly what we were just saying at the beginning yeah. of this, like, to invest yeah. in, in feud, But, like, have have them turn up every week so we can remember, oh, yeah, they're in a feud, you know? With it yeah. being, like, a couple of weeks of just seeing just Sheeta, you start to forget that she did have a feud, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That said, Uh, so I want to actually point out and give kudos to Julia Hart because I think that was probably her best match for
0: Well, again, speaking about long-term storytelling, whether you want, since the black mist of the face of Julia Hart, there's been a bit of a, you know, pouting at ringside, sitting on the stairs, and we've seen a bit more aggression. Yes, it's taken Mm. four or five months, but at least we're getting a little something there. But again, a little something is just not enough now. When it first started, you know, a year or two, you could be like, okay, there's no excuse for it now. There's no excuse to have okay. two women's matches on Dynamite, you know, or three segments. Is that yeah, to like, viewers?
1: I, I just kind of, like, feel like, especially when it comes to even this, this potential team-up with the House of Black with Julia, just, you know, if, if you're going to do it, then do it. Like, don't get me wrong. Again, we love the storytelling. We love the story building. But you have done nothing. With this, she's still wearing an eye patch, whereas Pac and Penta have both been misted in the face and come back from it, yeah. so it's like make it make sense like so I will be a huge fan actually if she ends up converting to the house of black um after having what what has been done to her to her, but it you're losing that momentum, you know you' you're losing that like there's a lot of people out there who go, "Oh, I forgot that she got misted, yeah, you know." So it's like, if you're going to do something with her in the House of Black, which I, I, I like to think that they were going to because from the match itself with the eye patch on, it looked like she had a little bit of similar makeup that Alistair Black had or, or has wow. over his eye. You know, that could have been just a bit of like some or just a bit of fun from her end. But I'd like to think that it actually was a bit of long-term storytelling. So you need to make it consistent. Otherwise, people are just going to forget yeah she was missed it ages ago wasn't she oh yeah what? she's got an issue it, yeah. with the boys or whatever you know like
0: it's, it's carry no it surprise. on it's, it's like what we're saying about Dee. well it's like Ruby Soho like where is she at the moment I know she showed up on Dynamite after a while but it's like where has she been and even some like Kip Sabian who's been in the crowd with that box on his head how many people know he's got that box yeah. on his head you know like how many people you actually know, know I didn't <laughs> know
1: that until Jaxie told me yeah.
0: yeah but it was, I didn't it was didn't, it told me Daisy <laughs> told me I can
1: who it was under there. So I, I honestly thought to myself, though, it's got to be someone because of, like, like someone connected to the company because of the fact that AEW are not going to let a one a randomer, like, a random fan just sit in there with a box on its head that's way too distracting, you know? So it, it, I knew it was someone. I just didn't know it was Kip Sabian. But, yes, it would be nice to see him back as well, him and Penelope Ford. I thought Penelope Ford was getting... Um, a lot better in the ring um, and was kind of enjoying seeing her in different um, matches. But yeah, she's kind of gone quiet herself. It's like, Tony, don't forget about all of these people that you actually still have that people are still invested in. Yeah. And yet we haven't seen them in so long.
0: Yeah. This is a finger. And it's, again, it's easy to say, well, why are you not using them? But in his head, he's going, well, if I announce a surprise and it's like a huge announcement, this dynamite, a surprise wrestler joining, but it's after a while you can't have too many massive announcements of wrestlers join even with like the amount of releases now there's not that many wrestlers that can make uh, an impact so to speak as a surprise and we're looking at with uh next week's dynamite but it's interesting times the main event of this dynamite was FTR versus Young Bucks 2 and this was a superbly wrestled match completely unlike their first encounter why well because the FTR were baby faces. The crowd in Boston was completely into everything Dax and Cash did, culminating with them doing a vicious BT trigger to Matt, planting kisses on his cheek. Hello <laughs> bucks and Adam Cole, and finishing them off with the big rig. Um top top quality. Uh Dax and his hot tag as well. I mean, honestly, Gina, this was amazing.
1: Yeah, for sure. It was amazing. Like I said a bit earlier about FTR, they just, every time they come out, they seem to pull out something that I, that wows me. And even in this match, you know, again, the, everyone says the Young Bucks are the best. Some people say FTR are the, are the best. They both proved why they have both been compared to that in that ring. That match was so good, pay per view worthy. It's worth watching again. There's just so many things that you will notice about that match when you watch it a second time around. And it, it, yeah, definitely go and watch it if you haven't seen it because it's such a good a good match between them. I will always be behind their matches. And if they give us a round three at some point in the future, I'll be there throwing my money, waiting for it.
0: Yeah, without that. And weirdly enough, uh, I was hearing after this match how good the Briscoes versus FTR was from Ring of Honor Supercard of Honor. Uh and actually watched it. And I gotta say the Briscoe's and FTR are probably better. A tr- real, a true tag team classic. So if they need to get a chance to watch the Briscoes versus FTR as well from Ring of Honor. And again, completely different style of match, but like we talked about earlier, FTR just so so good at what they do. And then Rampage, April Eight, Friegel joined commentary for Brian Brian Danielson even, beating Trent Barrett in a good matchup. Dan Housen tried to curse hook. Tay and Sammy are turning hill. Poor Scorpio Sky. Uh, Swerve beat QT. Red Velvet beat Willow Nightingale in the Heart Cup. And the main event, it was Moxley versus Wheelie Utah. Uh, Utah stayed in the fight for the most part, but Moxley busted him open by throwing him to the steel stairs. Uh, Utah managed to kick out the paragraph shift twice, but was unable to keep himself from passing out to a rear naked choke. This... Was an absolute barn burn of a match and a fantastic way to close the show. Brian and Regal show respect, and Utah got a shake. Um, I just thought this was brilliant. Jaxie, what do you think of this matchup?
1: Oh, this is definitely by far my favourite of um, that to come out of uh, Utah and, and Moxie. Just those two, that, you know. He brought it really hard with with Danielson, but yeah, it was very much more like animalistic. Watching both him go against uh, Mox, I, the match went so hard. It's probably been my my favorite match of Utah's, um, and I, I I think that if if this didn't solidify what a talented wrestler uh, Utah is, then then you know you can't convince convince anyone because this match was just amazing. It went hard. The, to have the capacity to keep up with the likes of John Moxley, who has been doing this for a lot longer and on a lot more of um, mainstream events, that than the likes of Wheeler Yuta. I thought Wheeler did amazing. Um, he kept up with him. He had quick pace about him. He had this real quick agility that kind of reminded me of Brian Danielson watching him against uh, John Moxley uh, in this match, and just you know how fast, like just at a whim that brian uh danielson could go i i felt that come from wheeler Utah. overall i just i couldn't take my eyes off the match because i was too worried that i was going to miss something
0: it was really good well the thing is you know and some people fans of certain wrestlers for a very long time and you know it's great when it's old people jumping on the bandwagon this wrestler but what i love is when a wrestler steps out or steps up and you go I wasn't expecting that, but now you've got my attention. And that's exactly what we really oh. Uta did. It's exactly the match. I mean, Mox gave him. I'll talk about what Danielson did in the match with, with Utah. Gave him the chance to kick out of those two paragraph shifts. And the first one was an amazing enough kick out. The second one, the crowd were absolute crazy. It was actually disappointed that Moxley won, which, again, just shows the storytelling on show. And now, you know, people question, well, why is you two with Moxie and Brian? Well just watch the match. And as Mox says, you bleed together, you can fight together. So you know, it's it's very simple story, and it's one of the shining lights in AEW, especially this month for these six episodes as it was. And speaking of it, we are on our last dynamite, April thirteenth, and we start with CM Punk. He wants the world title and has been moving up the rankings and a half foot win over Penta helps. Great-looking finish with Punk catching Penta for the GTS. And uh, there was a slight botch on the top with Punk selling the knee. Uh, but I wasn't that worried. Gina, did you shit yourself when Punk came off looking injured?
1: <laughs> we thought, no! Yeah, of course. Like, I thought, no, there we go again. Another one out. Damn it! But no, I was, I was, I was a bit worried. I'm always worried whenever I see bumps and stuff like that, and hope that once they get behind and get checked out, that they're cleared. So, but it was kind of worrisome for a hot set.
0: Right, and what do you think of CM Punk going for gold? Do you think that's the right decision?
1: I mean, yeah, of course, we all want to see it. His fans want it. I think we definitely need to do it at some point. So why not now? You know, he's he's done great in terms of elevating people since joining and having you know, one-off feuds here or there. So I definitely think like maybe at some point this year it should be time for a Punk to go for it. He he probably won't be wrestling for the next you know ten years. So it's not like we can wait and long it out. So yeah. I think if he's <laughs> I, if he's if he's in his best condition he is in now, you may as well do it now.
0: No, exactly. Uh, like I said, he's he's not uh, he's not the women's division. He's not a tag team in AEW. So, like I said, they need to do it now. We can't wait uh, for this moment exactly. in time. And speaking of the tag team, the AEW tag team gold line has just expressed, retained against Red Dragons. So, I guess dinosaurs do beat Dragons. <laughs> um, This was a good tag match. That was a bad joke. But the Hills attacking with chairs after... <laughs> um, do, do Red jacksy do Red Dragon? I know they're fighting for championship gold, but they're one and two at the moment in AEW. So do they need to start picking up wins before they try and go for the gold again?
1: Uh, definitely. Um, I I also think that they just kind of need to. <clears throat> I like. I feel like they got chucked straight into a feud the minute that they joined, and that is specifically because obviously Adam Cole was the first to join. He of course is part of their faction, so of course, as soon as they come into AEW, it's going to be surrounding Adam Cole and whatever feud he's got going on. But I think we just need to actually see some real classic tag team brawling, you know, come from these two. Uh, right now, they're only feuding with those that Adam Cole is feuding with. Uh, we need to see more of them just genuinely trying to pick up the wins to go for the go for the belt.
0: Yeah, I think that. Well, FDR made the save there to show they are the faces. And then MJF versus Sean Dean was next. I couldn't see Dean because of the camo, which is a good strategy, actually. I never really thought about that. Imagine coming in dressed as a canvas and just like not lying, trying to get me avoided. I think it'd work. Um, well, <laughs> speaking of disguise, Wardlow nicked his security guy's t shirt uh, and went after MGF, only to be stopped by security. Eventually, MJF was counted out, but what a moment that River. I mean, again, simple storytelling MJF cocky, uh, backing off into the barricade, and Wardlow whipping off the hat and being right behind him. It's a great visual, and the crowd are it loving really it is. at the moment, aren't they? It really is. Like, you don't really you, see, this is when storytelling
1: is just done right because sometimes these things work, you know. Like, um, I'm pretty sure Don Callis kind of did this as well with um, with the camera. You know, like, he pretended he
0: was a cameraman. Yes.
1: Or, or maybe it was someone else.
0: No, it, I was right, right? Yeah, it was, yeah. Oh. With, uh, uh, yeah, with, yeah, make a, a Yeah, 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 a total... yeah,
1: that's it. So, yeah, um, and it worked really well there. So when I saw uh the giant, massive guy <laughs> behind MJF, like, it, it took me a while to think that, like, I knew Wardlow was going to get me, get involved. I didn't know in what aspect. And then, like, kind of just seeing it cut to that camera angle, I was like, oh, my gosh, that is Wardlow. And even though it could be, you know, the oldest trick in the book, it actually still was so funny and so good and made Wardlow come across, again, as the biggest baby face ever. So I thoroughly enjoyed this match. And I, I hate to say it, but I love what MJF brings out in other wrestlers because of how much of a dick he is, you know?
0: My, my only thing with, with this is, again, if he says to Wardlow, right, you can face me at double or nothing, but you have to beat these four or five guys, it's very similar to the CM Punk and very similar to the Chris Jericho feud. But again, that's what it's makes happy, MJF yeah. such an asshole, where he puts people in harm's way. So again, balancing that, Yeah. it does it
1: does kind of add towards what i like to call his pussy act which is i need him i need this man softened up so i'm gonna make him go through each one of my men you know um it will be just very interesting one day to see how no one takes his shit anymore and he's got no one to actually uh face these men and matches and actually deal with the the issues himself that will be fun one day
0: yeah, and the thing is, even with Sean Spears, and I know people might like him, but I think he's got saying about him, obviously, you know, Ty Dinner and everything like that in the past. But even yeah. that term with MJF, I mean, it's probably not going to be main event level as popular as Wardlow, but it's still be quite entertaining to see. And maybe MJF can actually win one when he breaks up, you know, <laughs> as opposed yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Never <laughs> maybe know. what's going to happen. Uh, but the Jericho Appreciation Society was in action with Jericho, Hager and Garcia battling Santana Ortiz in Kingston, and the old bat-in-the-back routine got victory for the hills. Um, the fans slept whilst Marina Shafir made a dynamite debut. She made quick work of Sky Blue, but she ain't going to be no threat to Jade Cargill. And then hometown hero and FTW champion Ricky Stark sent the arena to a thunderous ovation as he and Powerhouse yeah. hold back Swerve Strickland in a match week's in the making. A match energetic and fun with great performances from Strickland and particularly Starks. Saw the hills go over from interference from Tan. There's nothing about the match like it felt at the end of a feud between the two teams, especially with Hobbs scoring a win for his team over Lee. But Gina, I've got to ask you, why didn't Ricky Starks get the pin in his hometown, eh? Disgusting. I
1: mean, come on. It's common courtesy at this point. (laughs) I I don't know. The thing is that I I am biased when it comes to him, it, but it was it generally was an overall great match. I really enjoyed it. They both fought their A game, and it definitely is not over between these two like teams of people. Um, and I've been really enjoying, you know, even just the one off feuds, you know, between Swerve and Starks and Hobbs and uh, uh, Keithley. So it's just good to just see them get featured more and more now because they did take a bit of a backpedal and a bit of a losing streak so it's nice to kind of see them show their dominance again a little bit um but Ricky just got a massive pop and I didn't realize he was that popular especially in his hometown so it's really nice to see and it's something that I'm even still learning as a fan of his so yeah it was really nice and it's I just want to say I've always wanted to go to New Orleans so I should go there and then marry him.
0: But even the story they were telling of Ricky Starks, you know, having to be moved, the house was destroyed in Hurricane Katrina and stuff like that, it's set mm. in a case of Ricky face, you know. As soon as Team mm. Taz don't want him anymore. And obviously not like Brian Cage. We're going to do it right this time. Uh, but again, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's safe to work on. And Jaxie, can you please tell AEW that cake to the face is didn't work for Tony Storm and Charlotte. And it's not going to be a good idea for Nyla and Thunder Rosa.
1: Yeah. No, this whole thing wasn't needed. If you're going to go ahead and like, you know, I get it. They were just trying to set that up so that she accidentally hit uh, Vicky. But do you know how much you could have just done it where Vicky is like chatting shit behind Thunder Rosa and Thunder Rosa just moves out of the way? Yeah, You know, like, they're, they're simple things. I, uh, again, like you rightly said, um, I just don't think pie in the face or cake in the face works. Like, you know, even regardless of what Chris Jericho says, this isn't meant to be an entertaining company. It's supposed to be sports first. It's sports entertaining. Mm-hmm. So let's not, not continuously go all slapstick with the cake in the face thing. I mean, let's leave that to... WWE, they, they do love that. They do love that trope quite a lot. They do that at Thanksgiving. How dare it, you, Christmas. sir.
0: AEW have done it last. So you need to live with that right now. Yeah. And the next cake in the yeah. face <laughs> in WWE, I'll, I'll take that on my shoulders, all right? That's just to say.
1: Oh, what? Well, <laughs> well, if, if we ever meet up, I might owe you a cake in the face. You never know. <laughs>
0: now, imagine if we both caked each other. As soon as we match. Oh, my, God.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh, that would be so funny. It's either going to be that or it's going to be a Stone Cold Steve Austin, you know, two beers in each hand, smash it, and then down it with, with one another. It's going to be one or the other. Watch this face, guys, <laughs> and then you'll you'll eventually find out how we greet one another. It's either going to be by a Stone Cold Steve Austin or it's going to be pie to the face.
0: For the first time, ever, I mean, I'm
1: going to but... bring my umbrella. <laughs> I'm going to bring my umbrella to do under it. What are you on about, sis? I'm using you as my he- human shield.
0: <laughs> no, you know. <laughs> well, we're talking <laughs> about human shields. It would have helped in this main event of Dynamite with Samoa Joe versus Minnesota Suzuki, uh, Ring of Honor World oh, Television okay. Championship on the line. This to say, this was a physical battle. Would be a little bit of an understatement. Uh, this, yeah. <laughs> Joe managed to get the win with the muscle buster and the champ. Great match. We'll talk about the match in a second, but the we've got to speak about it. It's the elephant in the room. It is Satnam Singh, the former NBA player who showed up when the lights went out and came back on and they shit all over him. They did not like it. It wasn't a good idea um again it was a hard-hitting main event but the fans hated the surprise and it didn't work you know it's got to be no No, it didn't sorry i was agreeing with you there they got it so how did they get it so wrong i don't know but i i kind of like i i'm not into uh
1: american basketball so Honestly, apart from the, the more famously known uh, basketballers, and I only know them sort of, like, through, unfortunately, through things like, you know, Space Jam and stuff like that, I I had no clue who this guy was. And even though he was super tall and I was like, this guy is a giant, he's a beast. At the same time, I didn't get excited because I heard
0: nothing from the crowd. Yeah. It was, it was bad. <laughs> like it's awful. Have I put NXT on for a second? Like, that's how bad the finish was.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I wasn't a huge fan of that, to be honest. Um, like, there, there's bigger times when it works, but for some reason I felt like, you know, the blackout as well just was exceedingly long for a blackout. And I, I, I just couldn't help but, like, you know, sarcastically be like, well, Malachi Black could have come out quicker. Mm.
0: But the thing is, though, yeah. is... Kind of, Tony Khan uh, said that, um, yes, it's ownership of his error, you know? He said that the customer is always right and takes the blame for being wrong. And he says, look, the reason why he was wrong is because he listened to a man with 30 years' experience tell him to do the lights out, uh, which was basically Mark Henry. So Tony Khan blamed Mark Henry, which... His, really? Uh, oh. Honest to goodness. Tony. Not, he really what? did. <laughs> he said, I didn't, no one said what happened. He said, I agree with the fans. I'm not going to say, you know, Mark Henry's open, uh, hosted an open uh, with Dave Lee Garcia. And he actually admitted he was wrong. And Tony Cow uh, ploughs on by saying, Well, thanks for saying that, Mark. He said, I know it could work, but sometimes it can't. You've got thirty years' experience. The lights can go on or off, uh, but I should maybe not agree with you next time.
1: Yeah, I'm just gonna go ahead and say this. I'm not. I am not claim I'm not gonna go ahead and blame this on Mark Henry. Tony, you own that fucking company, so take responsibility for when shit doesn't go right. So instead of actually trying to even lay the blame or sideline it by being like, "I listen to a man of thirty years, a veteran of thirty years," well. If that's the case, then every time you fuck up, you should probably just hand off your, your company to someone else if you're not going to accept the blame. Mm. So I'm sorry. I feel like that's a bitch-ass move from Tony's end to just, like, allow Mark Henry to pick up the blame for that. Yes. Uh, so it, ultimately, the, the decision still ended with him. It was yeah. Tony who said yes. So like he rightly says, maybe you shouldn't listen to Mark. Well, maybe you should actually, you know, listen to to those veterans but then also give your two cents. You could have easily listened to Mark Henry and gone, mm, I don't think that's going to work well this time, but thanks for the idea. That's all you need to say, right? But trying to be like, yeah, thanks for taking the blame on that one, Mark. Uh, I I mean, just, that was, yeah. a, bitch. That was yeah. a bitch
0: move. It just, just, just You're it the just... owner. <laughs> the warning sound, the warning light is there. flat. That's what I'm saying. The whoop, whoop, whoop is like, yeah. It's there, and if we don't pay attention to it, in a couple of years' time, we're going to have this kind of deranged individual <laughs> who has got right. control of professional yeah. wrestling. You know, um, yeah, so, and just making like really bad decisions. I think that it,
1: I, I don't want this to become a regular where it feels like Tony is placing blame elsewhere other than himself for for the smallest of things as well. You know, that they, they tried something here, it didn't work. There's not really any blame to be placed on anyone um, but just take the neg- the negative comments and just uh, do better next time. Yeah, there's or, no or, there's,
0: or, there needs, like <laughs> or. or do what I do and after 417 episodes the stuff they really don't like bring back just to spite them and that's to the listeners. <laughs> you see, you don't want yeah. this segment it's going to come back.
1: Yep, do it. <laughs> it keeps them it keeps them keen that, that yeah, way
0: yeah yeah you can complain about this uh no but in all seriousness like i said stuff does happen shows might not be good as other shows or whether it is but when you've got to do it weekly wherever it is you can't then just be like oh last week's show was bad because of monty you know you've got to take like, yeah. sense ownership in it and go well maybe it was because of a variant of factors but it's not going to help pointing the finger we just move on and be like, exactly. What's happening next time? So, you know, simple.
1: Exactly. So, he could have easily, you know, just kind of like discussed it and ended the sort of conversation with with it saying, Look, we tried something, it didn't really go down well, so we'll we'll do something different next time, you know, but you're never gonna get there without trial and error. And everyone in natural day their natural daily lives trial trial and error things. Yeah. So no one's trying no one's trying to place blame but Tony. At
0: this point so yeah, Tony, Tony, exactly. He did it! He did it! It's not like, Tony, we didn't say that. We're just asking. Do you want an ice cream? No, he did it. Like uh anyway, yeah. last last <laughs> rampage, April fifteenth, and it kicked off with Danielson heading to the ring to team with Moxley and Willie Utah against the Ass Boys. Sorry, the gun club, Billy, Colton and Austin. Danielson actually spent several minutes on defence before he was able to bring in Moxley and Utah to help take out three guns. After surviving a couple of power moves, the newest member of BCC put the Patriarch of the Gun Club away to score the win. This was good. And when I used to watch the attitude of back in the day, to think Billy Gunn, the King of the Ring of 1999, would be losing to Willie Utah would have blown my mind. Um, Sean Spears, watched from commentary as a butcher, slaughtered some jobber. Ruby Soho, remember her? Versus Robin Renegade. Um, it looked like Soho Hand, but Robin's twin sister, Charlotte, sneakily took her place in a match. The ruse almost worked. So I was able to score the win in the end, earn himself a spot in the tourney. What do you think of this then, Twin Magic?
1: Oh, yes, I was all on for it. <laughs> I was here for it. But for me, I don't think that you should have used that tactic unless it was going to help you win. It, yeah. Yeah, it just I felt be- a bit Yeah, yeah it because felt that like but even that didn't help win. The ref like, is gonna you take know, under you the bridge. Do you remember when the Bellows did it and they actually won from that and it was such a fluke win that like, you know, it really brought the crowd wanting to see more, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Exactly back then good. we didn't know that, that Brie was a twin and Brie was the first one in. Um, but it still would have worked really well if they if the if uh Robin Renegade had won because of her sister. The, the thanks to her sister, um, and I also don't think that that would have turned uh, Ruby Soho if she had lost like that. But I guarantee you they didn't do it because they obviously they want big names all in the tournament. But like this is the one thing that's making me eye roll a little bit because I'm starting to already be able to see like sort of the hierarchy when it comes to their women. So when you're telling me that we got Sky Blue versus Tony Storm. Do, do I think Tony Storm's winning? Yeah. Or it was Sky Blue versus uh, Jamie Hayter, sorry. Um, you know, like, let some of these, uh, like, some of these female wrestlers that have been on Dark and Elevation, let one of them actually get a bit of a push. And, like, that's the reason why we do these tournaments now. And this would have been the perfect opportunity for Robin or Charlotte, either one of them, if they were getting um, go, going into the tournament this would have been a great way to showcase them, you know? I kind of hope that Charlotte Renegade is going to have a match with someone and they use this twin magic idea again, but this time they win because of it, you know? Um, I would actually like to see at least one of the twins get through and they, they continuously use this tactic because that is the whole reason why they're, they're together in a wrestling company. They're twins and they've chosen to do this at the same time, so why not take full advantage of of them using their their
0: Twin magic. Yeah, nothing excellent, excellent point there. And anybody would know who to do anyway. So the main event of the <laughs> evening was arguably one of the biggest matches in Rampage short hitch history. Hangman Adam Page put the AW World Championship on the line against Adam Cole, baby, in a Texas death match. Both men introduced chairs to the ring for the bell even rang. So you knew it was going to be a traditional wrestling match. Uh we saw lots <laughs> of spots mixed in they use tables, chairs, still stairs, barricade, a chain. That chain clothesline where Cole used on Paige, fucking Yeah, brilliant. that looks devastating. That. Uh, It
1: looks really, really
0: devastating. <laughs> did, did anybody else feel like we we're watching a Stone Cold Steve Austin origin story, watching Paige drink beer and beat Adam Cole around the arena? Just think, hey, boy, in 40, 30 years' time, you'll be doing this <laughs> at Mania. Like, <laughs> that's
1: so... I mean, <laughs> if, he t- if he turns out to be <laughs> the next to so hold with the with the beer, then I kind of don't mind that because if it's kind of become a trope, a trait of uh, Hangman's now, um, and I love it. I actually love it. I, if I was in the crowd, I would have poured the beer and handed it Hangman himself, and probably just asked him for the cup back when he's done.
0: Yeah, well, I don't, well, both men were bruised and bloody. Uh, before we even got to the halfway point, we see a buckshot lariat. Paige tried co- a tying Cole to the top rope right with his belt and retrieved a chair covered in wire, which we did see beforehand, but we all pretended we didn't see it until the right moment. However, he opted not to use it and try and win by more honourable means. Cole made him pay for that decision with a low blow and a couple of super kicks. Um, before we get to the end, I should say the super kick Cole caught Paige with to the outside, I think cut open his jaw as well. And the mm. back breaker on the chairs, when the chairs are oh back to back, yeah. it is, I've only seen Cole take that one or two times. It's so uncomfortable to watch.
1: Oh, yeah, it really is. And I genuinely was just saying to myself, I really, really hope he's not going to have like, you know, a, a, a back problem already just from that one move, that move looks so devastating to his back. Even my back was crying watching it.
0: Honestly, yeah, you wince. You wince when you watch it. Oh, fucking hell. Um, unbelievable. And then Paige wrapping <laughs> the barbed wire. The barbed wire crown at Easter. Jesus Christ. Uh, dead eye through the table. Uh, yes, yeah. so Paige retained. Uh, Gina, what did you think of this mental matchup?
1: It was great, it was entertaining, it was all over the place and yeah, I think it was it was a brilliant match to watch. I didn't think that Adam Cole was gonna win it, so I wasn't surprised with the ending, but it was still a great match because there were certain points that I was like, Oh oh gosh, has has Cole got this? Shit. So, um yeah, it was definitely a great match. Um, but I definitely think that like Cole's time with the belt isn't yeah, his yeah. time will come, but it's not its not right now. It's still a hangman hangman pages time.
0: Yeah, no, I completely agree. But a fantastic way to, uh, well, a fantastic match on Rampage, where, you know, <laughs> weirdly enough. Uh, but they did have Battle of the Belts 2 uh, April 16th with AEW seemingly not caring about these specials. But we did start with a TNT title match between Scorpio Sky and Sammy G, Guevara, Building momentum, it's clear much of the crowd had turned against him. Much like we said, Paige Van Sant got a bit of a pop when she ran down to fight Conti. Uh, Sky hit a poke to the eye behind the referee's back, but Guevara hit a low blow followed by his finisher for the pin and the win. Uh, the Spanish got the team title, and a lot of fans did not seem happy about it. Sky was undefeated for 402 days, and apparently we were hearing. Tony Khan had planned this a year in advance. So why the fuck did they do this here? Jaxie, what were your no, thoughts on I the was, match, the total change and the treatment of Sky?
1: I was just, I was honestly just about to ask you this. Are you actually fucking kidding me? Tony planned for a whole year for this great streak that Scorpio Sky had just didn't like get caused to lose from a low blow by a a, a heel-turning Sammy Guevara. Are you fucking serious? Like, why did you have him win it? Like, honestly, this treatment of Scorpio Sky has actually pissed me off quite a lot. And I think it is because of the fact that we didn't even get a decent run, and yet this, I'm sorry, but this fucker has actually won the belt, what, three times now?
0: Three times, yeah.
1: This is your third run. This is your third run, Sammy. And you've not kept the belt more than four months. So, like, why are you having another go with it again? Just because of, like, that solidified your heel turn. All you had to do was keep making out with Ty on, on stage and we would have all just treated you like a heel anyway. Like, honestly, this pissed me off, James. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm just really pissed off. And I'm I'm feeling gutted for Scorpio, this guy, because I don't believe that he should have lost there.
0: No, of course you shouldn't. You know, there's no plan, no rhyme or reason. Even if Sammy as a heel will work, there's no point sacrificing Scorpio's Sky, And with all this supposedly long-term storytelling, there should be things in place. Or, or, or you know, what happens next to Scorpio? What, does he get the title back now? You know, what is it about? It just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, like, is, was this
1: an excuse to turn Scorpio's guy back to a face? Because if yeah. you were going to do that, then get rid of Dan Lambert. Dan Lambert has got, like, the filthiest mouth ever. So he's never going to be taken seriously as a face if he has the likes of Dan Lambert with him. But yeah, taking the belt off of him and giving it back to Sammy after Sammy lost it what two three weeks ago? Oh god, eye roll. Like this, this did nothing for me.
0: Yeah, this is what I say. It's so weird, and they're trying to make Sammy Guevara into like the new Cody. That's, that's all I'm getting off this watching. You know, with yeah, the, we have him as a heel, but
1: he was easily doing that himself. Like you didn't need to actually then go ahead and just and and, and do the do, do, do the dirty on. Scorpio's guy like this. Like, I get it. You want to turn him heel. You didn't need to do it here. You really didn't.
0: Well, we'll move on to Jonathan Gresham versus Dalton Castle for the Ring of Honor World Championship. If you haven't seen Dalton Castle, you have missed out. People will get pissy, uh, but his tongue is firmly in his his cheek, (laughs) as it was. And (laughs) I've got no problem with this. You know, gorgeous George, was a wrestler back in the day who was one of the biggest stars of his generation because of this kind of, you know, uh, pomp and circumstance. You know, you look at wrestlers like Macho Man, Randy Savage, uh, and people out there, there's nothing wrong. Look at WrestleMania with a spectacle that it is. That is what wrestling is all about. I will take your pissy Please. emails now. Thank you very much. Uh, but this is Tony <laughs> Khan testing mortals for Ring of Honor TV show, basically. He's saying, look, this is what we're going to have. There's probably a number of viewers. Are you happy with it? It was a good fight. Gresham made Castle tap out. And Jay lethal Sanjay Dutt. Well,
1: I am going to actually just add on that and just say that I think that this is a very clever move by Tony. And, and that being said is because I'm not very well accustomed to Ring of Honor wrestlers. And I didn't know much about this Dalton uh, character, but I saw him trending quite a lot uh, when this match first started. And I thought, I thought to myself, why? Like, what's so special about him? I watched that match and I I just didn't really want to look away. I thought it was so good and he was so entertaining. I absolutely love his fan base, like running up and down <laughs> whenever it's he's running. It was, just, <laughs> it was absolutely brilliant. Like it reminded me of like was it uh, was it Drew Gulak? It was Drew Gulak, wasn't it? Who was like the he wasn't he doing the thing with The Miz where he was to be in his stunt double or something. That well, so was Sandow,
0: like, that was Damien Sandow, fucking, uh, wow, that is, uh,
1: that is. <laughs> but like, you know, it, did remind, it reminded me of that because of, I found that very entertaining how he was pretending to take the hit outside of the ring whilst Miz is actually taking the hit in the ring. It was always hilarious and, you know, it worked well because of Miz was like a, a, a heel, but everyone loved him. So it, it definitely works, but it
0: reminded me of that. And I thought Salston did a great job. Not well, without doubt, like I said, and this, if Tony can get Ring of Honor on, this is the type of talent uh, we're going to see and definitely check him out. Like I Joe cleared the Ring of the Hills afterwards. And then our main event and last match to review is the Women's World Championship Thunder Rosa versus Nyla Rose. And the challenger immediately asserted her dominance by knocking the champ out of the ring and beating her up at ringside with some help from the barricade. The native beast had the upper hand for several minutes. Uh, Rosa was occasionally trying to make a comeback, but Nyla would immediately stop her in her tracks. It helped make the champion look like an underdog, which is exactly how it should be released Too, we return from a break, the champion began to build up ahead head of steam. Nyla still had plenty of offense, but it was a, uh, no longer a one-sided battle. And after overcoming several close two counts, Rosa scored the win with the Hurricane Runner. Gina, you have the pleasure to review the last match. What did you think?
1: Well, it was a great match. I mean, I, I do enjoy both Nyla and Thunder Rosa and they do know how to entertain and put on a good match. I don't think they built a storyline up well enough for people to be that invested in this match, so I don't think a lot of people thought Nyla would win it. So, in terms of like the shock factor of the outcome, I don't think like that was actually there like with the crowd, but they were all still behind them, you know, and Thunder Rose has got such a good backing of fans that they're always hyped for her. So, yeah, I think they carried the, the match well. I enjoyed it. I think I think Nyla needs a not a revamp of her character, but she definitely needs a change in something because Nyla's become that standard kind of go-to person. Every time there's a new champion, Nyla's the first one to be challenging for it. Um, and I get it because she kind of was one of the first two AEW champs, but still, it, she's become a bit of a recurring theme. So, in that sense, um, I do feel like either Ny- Nyla needs a bit of an upgrade, she needs a level up in her character, or they just need to kind of actually build a, a better storyline with her involved in some way. Um, but it was still a good match. I enjoyed it, and I I was happy with the outcome.
0: Yeah, we're about to have to be just see... What challenger or who is the challenger? Waiting for the Rosa at Double or Nothing, but that is it. We've gone through six Dynamites, six Rampages, and the Battle of Belts. I won't want to do it tomorrow, but we'll do it again next month. Uh, and so, like I said, that is it. Don't forget, we're across all social media: Twitter at the WR Podcast. I'm at the WRJR. You can find the entire WR team on our Twitter banner, or they can plug their own stuff. Jackson, where can people find you?
1: I mean, if you want to have a continuous discussion about, you know, the many si- the many faces of Jaxie Scarlett, then please do find me at Jaxie Scarlett on Instagram and Twitter. And Gina. Yeah, if you want to see more first trap for Ricky Starks, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Purple Pain.
0: The Dublin also on Facebook and Instagram across all Google platforms. Send us an email to Dublin Podcast at gmail.com and YouTube done Podcast with all the latest clips and podcasts at the same time on YouTube to do SoundCloud on your phone. Also Spotify and iTunes where you can download, subscribe, rate and review there. So that is it, our next episode on The Dublin And I know we've had delays. Please stop emailing me. No, I love your emails, honestly. But I know we've had a little bit of a delay. But our next episode will be NXT Update at the weekend and the next time we're all together it's the big one ladies and gentlemen yes it's what we've all been waiting for the seventh anniversary of the wnr podcast it is going to be huge i'm not going to let everybody details of what we're going to do but we're going to be looking more into the future than the past i'll leave Ooh. that there for now but until then i have been james and i was joined by the fantastic jackson scarlet
1: yeah, I had so much fun. See you all again soon. Bye.
0: And, of course, the thirsty Gina.
1: <laughs> yeah, take care. Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening, everybody. Um,
1: Bye. Bye.